that a brand new intro music or whatever you want to call that to the podcast something new for 2022 happy new year everyone and welcome to scanner school we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby this is session number 211 and today we are answering your scanner radio questions Session notes we found on our website at scannerschool.com slash session 211. Now, if you're brand new to the podcast, let me say welcome to Scanner School. On the first Tuesday of every month, we answer your questions. And there's several different ways you could submit questions to us. Primarily, go to scannerschool.com slash ask. And from there, you can fill out a form and email me your question. But better is if you click on the speak pipe link or pick up your phone and dial 516-308-2885 and ask me your question using your own voice. Leave me a voicemail. When you do that, I will put you in the running for a free tutoring session. So if you need extra help with your scanner radio or setting something up, maybe you're lost in how to program something and you just want that one-on-one help, I'm available for tutoring. And again, you can find that out by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. But like I said, if you leave me a voicemail number, part of me giving something back for you taking a little bit of time and, and getting on the voicemail line is basically me putting you into a running for a free tutoring session. Also, we will be answering questions on social media tonight. So if you're listening to this podcast live, you can go to Instagram or YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern U.S. time, and also ask your questions live there. Of course, replays are always available over on YouTube. Other ways you can ask your questions is by simply replying to an email or email me directly, phil at scannerschool.com. And before we really get started on today's podcast, I want to remind everybody that I will be speaking at Ham Radio University this Saturday. Again, if you are catching this podcast as it releases, Saturday, July 8th, I believe it's 10 a.m. is when the scanner radio form is. And I will be running through basically what you need to know about scanning in the year 2022. It's going to be very high level because we're only limited to about 50 minutes, and that includes Q&A. But the podcast is always here to fill in those blanks. So with that, let's get into some questions about scanner radios. And the first question that we have for the month came in from Twitter, which again is another way to ask questions. If you respond to my Twitter feed or over to a a Facebook post or Instagram post, right, I'll make sure that I save those questions. And um, actually, before we get into the questions this month, Let me just say that this month's 
going to be a bit of a cleanup episode. We received a lot of written questions, and I've been putting the voicemail questions front and center in the last several uh, episodes of Ask Scanner School. So today we are going to go through the mailbag and answer some written questions. So the first one comes in from the scanner group of DSM Central Iowa. And this was a direct message or a DM sent in over Twitter. And this is what they ask. It says, hi, I am trying to figure out how to set up weather on a Uniden BCD 436 HP. When I go into forums, the answers are often, why bother? Just get a weather radio, which doesn't help. So you can set up your scanner radio as a weather radio. And you want to know something? That is perfectly acceptable. I do that. Look, I got too many radios here. I got too many scanner radios. So if I can use one as a weather alert radio, then that is what I am going to do. And I believe we even talked about this on a previous podcast about setting up your scanner radios as a weather alert radio and how it's perfectly fine and acceptable to do. And uh, look, there's there's nothing wrong with that. So if, if those are the kind of answers you're getting to that kind of question, you shouldn't be getting those kinds of answers. So the simplest form is, yes, get a weather alert radio. But the reality is, if you're going to turn off your scanner, it's better off leaving it on but having it set up for a weather alert radio. And that's one of those things I like about the Home Patrol radios, especially the uh, HP1 and HP2, is that when you do power off those radios, you can very easily drop it into weather alert standby mode. And I really wish that some of these other radios that are out there would just do that. You'd have the ability just to throw it into a standby mode because reality is that weather alert radios can be life-saving devices. And if you've got a radio there that is powered off and not doing anything, it's a useless tool in your toolbox, really. So how do we go about setting up the weather alert settings in your scanner radio, specifically going towards the BCD-436HP, because that's the radio that you had asked about. So my first question and feedback to that is basically, can you hear your local weather alert frequency? That's the simplest thing. If you can't hear your local NOAA weather alert channel, then you're not going to be able to use your scanner as a weather alert radio. I mean, obviously, you need to have the signal in order to activate the receiver. So how do we find out if we can hear the weather alert channel? Again, you might have already gone through this, but just for the sake of other people who may not understand how to go through this or troubleshoot like this, there's two ways to go about finding the weather alert frequency for your area. The first one on the BCD-436HP is you press the channel button to stop the radio from scanning. Then you enter in the frequency that you need for the local NOAA weather channel. For example, I would press in 162550, then channel again. That will put basically your scanner into manual frequency mode, the same way we used to be able to do in old days. We hit manual, then the frequency, manual, and then we'd be able to listen to something. On these HP scanners, it's channel, then the frequency, then channel. Do you hear what you expect to hear? Do you hear a weather broadcast? And again, you can tune up and down and uh, see if you hear anything else on any other NOAA weather channels. The second way to do it is you can just go into the weather scan setting by going in, pressing the menu button, then weather ob- operation, 
and then weather scan. And this weather scanner is going to scan through all seven channels. And now you ask yourself, does it stop on a channel? Yes or no? Okay, does it stop on more than one channel? Right? Because one may come in stronger than the other. Take note of what that frequency is. Great. We are good to go here if it stops. If it doesn't, now you have another can of worms here and something else you need to investigate. Do you need to adjust your squelch? Do you need to relocate the radio? Do you need to get an outdoor antenna, right? Something is saying you need better reception here if you can't receive the weather service. Even if it comes in really scratchy, right? You got to make sure you've got a good signal. If scratchy is the best that you can do here, then so be it. But again, you don't want any fading because you want to make sure that you're going to catch the alerts when they drop and you don't want the signal to fade out at that time. So the next step in the process is to program in your same code for your county and same stands for specific area message encoding. These are the the long tones and chirps basically that you hear before a weather alert goes out over the air. Now you can find the codes by going to weather.gov slash nwr slash counties. And again, we will put this link in the session notes. Again, it's weather.gov slash nwr slash counties. Now, you can put more than one same code in a scanner or for searching, basically. For example, my county here was split into a north and a south. It used to be one FIPS code or one same code. Also, the county to the east of me used to be one, and I believe it's now split into, I want to say four uh, codes. It's a, a west, northwest, north, northeast, southwest, southeast. But um, at least that's the way I, I believe it to be. But again, I know my county was split in half because the north side of the county gets different weather patterns basically than the south, especially when it comes to severe thunderstorms. So you're going to want to create a list of same codes. And again, I also have a secondary definition in my scanner for incoming storms because the severe weather pattern in my neck of the woods travels from west to east. So I know that if I am having, if I have my scanner basically set up for weather alert coming in through New York City or even through New Jersey, so the potential for me to get about an hour heads up, maybe half an hour to a full hour of warning that severe weather is coming through the area or it could be coming through the area, that's how I do it. I set up my radios to pick up incoming storms and not just storms as they are dropped or alerted into my neck of the woods. Pre-planning, right? Knowing the weather pattern in your area can help this. Again, all of these settings are found under menu and then weather operations. So once you have your, your same code defined, again, you can name it, put a name in there. So I will put like Nassau for my county. Then the secondary scan list would be incoming. Right, so I'd have two scanless, and then you set it up for uh, all FIPS codes, which means it's every single alert you can get, or you set it up for alert only, or this, or just same codes that you want to put in there. Now, the National Weather Service does set up, I believe it's every Wednesday around noon or so, they have a, a weather test, 
And on the first Wednesday of the month, I think they also do a uh, another test, and that's earlier in the day. But you may want to just check out the National Weather Service to find out exactly when they do the tests, and that will let you know when or if, rather, if your scanner is set up correctly for weather alert standby. So I hope this helps you out. hope this was the information that you were expecting to get off of other forums. And uh, if this helps you out, send me a reply tweet over at scanner underscore school on Twitter. If that's too difficult to remember, just go to scannerschool.com slash Twitter, and that will take you right over to our Twitter feed. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early. And also, you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Buzz Gold, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pasco, David C., Denny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Floyd Goff, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Jacob Jacobson, Jacques Berry, James Broxson, James Felling, James Peruta, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeod, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Barra, Les Stevenson, Lynn Smith, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Teal, Paul Seach, Randy Cummins, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Weatherford, Tim Mazza, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. All right, next question comes in from Down Under. Uh, Joseph writes in, hey, Phil, I wish to get back into the hobby of scanners. And he puts in parenthesis CB radios. I have a realistic SSB plus AM CB radio at TRC 47 from the 70s. And would like to start with that. I just bought a 13.8 volt power supply for it. I also need an antenna. Would the scanner be useful being on a limited budget? Can I start with small and build from there? I live in Southern Highlands, Australia, and would love to talk to other scanners. Any advice would be appreciated. Regards, Joseph. So, Joseph, I think you've got terminology a little bit backwards here. You can't talk to other scanners on a scanner. Sounds to me like you are looking to just do CB radio. So, what a little bit of a difference here is scanning is basically receive only, right? That's all we're doing with scanner radios is only receiving. We can receive... CB on our scanner radio. And remember, scanning is point to point. It's simplex, right? So you would have to be uh, in a local area to other CB users or have a high antenna. The other trick here is you cannot 
run your CB that you are transmitting through and a scanner radio into the same antenna. You will then send, if you do that and you key up on the CB radio, you'll send RF into the scanner, blowing out the front end of the scanner radio, effectively making it go deaf. And it will not work at all after that, right? It will not receive anything because you were blown out all the finals in there. Well, not the finals, but the receiving end of it. So let's just go back to your other questions here and start picking things apart here. So it sounds like you just bought a nice power supply, a 13.8 volt power supply. Again, we need to know how much amperage that power supply can feed. Basically, it's it's how how fat is the hose that is going to feed electrical to your radios. How much is required to run a CB at full transmit? How much is required to operate a scanner radio? Scanner radios typically run about half an amp tops. Tops would be a full amp. I think they're all half an amp on my uh, uh, on my scanners, at least. So you need to make sure your power supply will handle both your CB and your scanner radio. And it's okay to share the same power supply between the two of them. Again, as far as an antenna goes, if you want to run an antenna for both CB and scanning, again, I recommend not doing this, but if this is because you have a budget and you're only going to hook one radio up at a time to an antenna, I would start with a discone antenna. A discone antenna, I don't know how well it will work down for you on 11 meters, but it's an equal opportunity offender. It will receive down there. A lot of discone antennas do cover the amateur bands very nicely. With 10 meters being close to 11 meters, you might be able to get away with it. Or you might have to extend the whip that comes out from the center of the discone antenna in order to tune it down to CB. Again, you're saying you're on a limited budget, trying to give you something or some options here that you can use for both scanning and for CBs. So that's my advice when it comes to sharing an antenna with a CB. Hopefully, you're not talking about scanning and CB using the same terminology because that is not correct, at least here in the United States. Scanning is a radio for receive only. CB or Citizens Band is for transmit and receive, and you'd be able to talk to other users of CB radio with your CB when properly set up. So Joseph, good luck with your new setup. I hope that I've answered your question and uh, let us know if you have any further questions and thank you from writing in from Australia. Now, we do have a quick break right here. Anybody who is a Patreon supporter at the $3 or more per month, they don't get this break. This break is basically transparent to you guys because you go right back into content right after this Morse code ID here. But for anybody that wants to upgrade that you're listening for free, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Patreon to support the podcast monthly. All right. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software, looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, 
you can help support Scanner School in the process. And this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out ScannerSchool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, ScannerSchool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the Scanner Radio Hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection. And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers, I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on beside your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell Pogsag and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss Phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market, and of course is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For all full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. All right, our next question comes in from Wade Bode or Bodie. And he's got several questions that came in over the last couple of weeks. So we're going to take care of all of Wayne's questions now. So the first question that Wayne writes in, what goes, uh, what is the best way to learn about the features of the Uniden SDS 100 portable scanner? So there's several different ways online that you can learn about this scanner. And there's plenty of videos out there over on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, but the best way that I know of right now per present period is by going over to markscanners.com. And again, we'll put a link to this over in the session notes or down in the YouTube description. Again, it's Mark's Scanners. And he has got, or, or basically he rewrote all the manuals for these radios in a way that's a little bit easier to understand what you have to do for each radio. And what's also nice about the way that Mark's Scanners is set up 
on the website is that everything that you need to find is hyperlinked. So you have a table of contents at the top of the website, and then you just click on whatever it is you're looking for, and it will take you right to that section of the web page. But what's really great about it as well is the fact that you can just hit the find key sequence right on your computer, sometimes control F or command F, depending on what, uh, what computer you're using and find the search term that you're looking for. And that'll take you down to every single time that that phrase or that word comes up on the website. You can also buy a printed copy of Mark's scanners, uh, the pages over there, by going to Scanner Master. Now, if you want to help out Scanner School with that purchase, you can go to scannerschool.com slash scannermaster, one word, and then when you buy your product from Scanner Master, you are helping support Scanner School. So it that works with anything over at Scanner Master. And again, the link is scannerschool.com slash scanner master. Now, for this year, we over here at Scanner School are working on SDS 100 and 200 courses. We will finish off our SDR courses before we move on to other projects. So keep that in mind. We're holding on to that, that promise. We learned a lot from building our first few courses. So we're going to take what we've learned and apply them to our next set of courses, which will hopefully streamline the process of getting courses published. Because what, <laughs> what a huge process it is to build an online course. I never really would have expected it to have been as as uh, big of an undertaking as it was. So my suggestion is to keep your um, your eyes peeled, keep subscribed to the email list, and also uh, keep checking our social media. I'm going to say in the next couple of months from now, we'll start to see what's going to happen with the SDS 100 and the SDS 200 course and also with Sentinel as well. But in the meantime, you know, there's several videos over on YouTube. And again, you can, uh, there's plenty of Facebook groups as well that relate to the SDS 100 and 200. But by far, my go-to really is MarksScanners.com. Look at the easier to read manual, and that will give you a lot of information as to what you need to know. Wayne's next question regarding back to the SDS 100 is, can the clock be set to standard clock format instead of the 24-hour clock format? From what I can tell, Wayne, the answer to that question is no. I have not been able to find any option in the SDS 100, whether it be in the scanner itself, through Sentinel, or even on MarksScanners.com on how to change the format of the clock in the radio. I think they did that intentionally, but maybe they were saving space in the coding from keeping from having to place AM and PM on the display. So it just defaults to military time or 24 hour formatted time. So unfortunately, it seems like that answer right now is a no. Wayne's next question is, does the SDS 100 portable scanner keypad light up? If the keypad lights up, how do you turn it on? Question of this one is yes, the keypad does light up and it actually looks pretty good. 
in order to enable the backlight, now again, there's two sets of backlights in the scanner. There's a backlight on the display, and then there is a keypad backlight as well. In order to turn on the keypad backlight, you have to go into Menu. Then you click on Display Options, then Backlight Options, then Set Key Backlight, and then Enable or Disable the Key Backlight. Then when you go ahead and press on the, the Backlight button on the scanner, which again is uh, momentarily just pressing the power button, so again, you just press it really quick, that will trigger the backlight off and on. Of course, you can also set the backlight to come on when there's a squelch setting or when there's a key press as well in the scanner. So personally, I like to turn on the backlight when something is, when there's activity on the scanner because I want to be able to look at the scanner and know who's talking. But again, you may have other options as to what you prefer. So Wayne, really great questions. Thank you so much for for filling out the form and uh, actually I think you just emailed these directly so I'm glad we're able to finally get these questions answered and while we're on these questions Wayne let's go over to Paul's question because it does tie in to what you were asking and Paul again Paul thank you for being a Patreon supporter he writes I was wondering if there's a guide to operate the SDS 200 for dummies tying into Wayne's very first question Paul yes Mark's Scanners is about as uh, simple or as a dummy's guide as you can get on how to use the SDS-200. The operating manual is pretty much the same between the two of them. So again, I would recommend going to MarksScanners.com. And again, if you want to buy a printed copy of that, you can go over to Scanner Master and you can help out Scanner School by going to ScannerSchool.com slash ScannerMaster just before you make that purchase for the hard copy version of the easier to read guide. And of course, we have plans to make a full course on the STS-100 and the STS-200 with Sentinel coming up later in this year. We've got uh, about 330 days or so left to get that done <laughs> So before I am called a liar. So uh, so yeah, so there, there we go. So answer both of your questions there, Wayne and Paul. And thank you both for uh, writing in. And again, I hope you don't mind I grouped the two questions together because they were really related. All right, let's go on to our final question. This one comes in from Lee. Lee writes... I think the most of his problems, or least problems, comes from setting his squelch properly. How would he go about finding the best squelch level for his Bearcat BCD996P2? Any help would be greatly appreciated. Now, the year of 2022 is going to be quite different for Scanner School than any other year prior. And uh, I'm going to get big into YouTube and making some really quick tutorials and even for some social media channels. One of the topics that I originally came up with a few months ago was squelch settings because this is one of those things that can literally make you want to pull your hair out if the squelch is not set correctly. So coming soon to a device near you will be a video on how to properly set the squelch. But in the meantime, this is how you do it. What I normally do is, first of all, you've got to be on an analog channel to set your squelch. You can't set your squelch properly on a digital channel. That's not to say you can't set squelch on digital, but you're not going to get the squelch noise on a digital channel. So you've got to make sure you're in an analog mode. So FM, right? 
narrow FM, whatever it is. Make sure you've got that. Also, make sure you don't have a coded squelch or a, a, um, a CTCSS or a uh, PL code or DPL code set up in the scanner because that's going to affect you setting up your squelch. So again, you want a regular analog channel with no squelch setting or I'm saying coded squelch setting. Okay. What you're going to do is you're going to turn your squelch down until you hear the white noise. That's basically opening the squelch all the way, right? Any signal is going to come in. What you want to do is you want to slowly turn that dial until the noise goes away. That is pretty much where you want to set the squelch. You may need to go one more click above that, but that's where you want it. You don't want to turn it all the way because what you're doing is you're setting a voltage level, basically, and it becomes a filter. And what you're telling the radio to do is when I raise this dial all the way up, this becomes now the threshold that the signal must be in order to come in through my speaker. So if you raise it up too high, you make it very difficult for signals to come through that squelch level and then come in as a valid signal over your speaker. You want to make it easy for these signals to come into your speaker or through your scanner. So you want to set the squelch just high enough to get rid of the white noise. No more than that. So as soon as you're done hearing the hissing or the or the static, or whatever you want to call it, and the radio is silent, that is your squelch setting. Now, feel free to put your radio onto a P25 or a DMR or NXDN digital channel or to or enable your PL or DPL code. Your squelch is set. Again, Problems by not setting up your squelch setting correctly would be very slow scan rates because this the scanner is stopping on every frequency because the squelch is too low. Squelch set too high, you're not going to hear anything or you're only going to hear stuff that is really close to you or really strong power. Set the squelch just so that the noise stops and no further. Hopefully, James, that helps you out with your squelch settings. So. How do we do this month? If you know of somebody that can benefit from learning from today's podcast, please share the podcast with them. And uh, that is how we help more people learn about the scanner radio hobby. If you're around this weekend, again, you can catch me over at Ham Radio University. You must make sure you register for Ham Radio University in order to get access to the forum. So go to hamradiouniversity.org to register and get the information for the forum that I'll be presenting on January 8th. It's a Saturday. And also, if you're catching this podcast live, we are, again, live tonight over on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, answering more of your scanner radio questions. So please make sure you follow us over at scannerschool.com slash YouTube. And if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, again, scannerschool.com slash ask. Until then, we will catch you all again next week for our very next podcast episode 73, and we'll catch you all real soon.